following episode contains discussions of death and mourning, and references to fictional drugs. Previously on Masks and Mayhem. After taking off a sort of mask and goggles combo, uh, they revealed themselves to be Austin Yates, the bartender at the bar across the street from your house. They call me the Hornet. Midnight Hydra kind of just reaches towards Crystal Tiger and latches onto her. No, no, no. Tries to fade the two of them into neon, but he's failing. Sorry, Barbara. And he just kind of like fades himself away and into neon gas and kind of floats off. I'm leaving, but I'm putting Crystal Tiger on my shoulders before I go. The gang member that Yardak has been speaking to in the last in the last episode finally comes downstairs. He yells over to you like, you two, come up here. While you were doing that, I actually pulled out a gun and is like pointing it towards one of the other gang members. We turned him real quick. Good job, Yardak. Ruby, at this point, Hornet's kind of like reaching out towards you and like very hoarsely breathing. I'm going to lean down to Hornet. He grabs you by the wrist. North. End. And he just like nods at you. Yeah, we're, we're trying to save the North End. He just like points at you. North. End. And he goes limp. Austin, Austin, Yardak! Somebody help me! Help me, please! Ruby, you are looking down at Hornet, at your friend Austin Yates. In the cold of night, you can see each breath you make, but none come from him. This is not in character, but Jesus fucking Christ, that's dark. (laughs) I know, but I was laughing. I got the nervous laugh, like at a funeral. (laughs) Um, In my head, she's crying, but I can't make myself cry. This ended pretty much with you calling to Yardak and them still being at the other side of the building. Remember, we're outside of like the building where inside two, like the first two levels are basically demolished. We have Kevin Lewis is there with you. You have the giant, you know, malformed body of the uh, slam pack user. He's dead, right? He is. Yes. As far as you know, I don't care about his death. <laughs> well, I just don't want to have to fight somebody over Austin's dead body. Oh, God. And Laserhawk, if y'all remember, is carrying Crystal Tiger. Do we have her subdued, or is he just carrying her? Pretty sure she's still knocked the fuck out. Well, I mean, not subdued, but like, uh, like cuffs or. I'm running a German suplex at any moment. Oh my god, Austin, I help Yardak. Anyone? We're coming around the building, and I hear Ruby yelling, and I see her over Austin's body. And you can immediately tell that it's bad, so I rush over as fast as I can and kind of do that thing where you run and, like, you slide on your knees over to, like, immediately start trying to heal Austin. Yeah, your healing is not successful. I feel like Ruby's reaction is that she might throw up, but I don't feel like I want 
such a noise we particularly want on this podcast. Um, yeah, you can say it if you really feel that that's her reaction. I don't need any Foley sound for that. Yeah. Uh, Ruby walks a, a few steps away and uh, after a little stress after this entire fight and losing Austin, she uh, bends over and throws up. And Kevin Lewis comes over and kind of puts like a hand on your shoulder and like holds back your hair a little bit. And I just go, thank you. And I, I think she uh, sits, just sits on the ground for a moment and just keeps repeating, oh my God, a little bit. All right. And what are the other two doing? Uh, after uh, realizing that I failed to heal him and he's dead, I'm just sitting there like head and hands, like on like the knees, just kind of like feeling like a failure that I couldn't save him. Laserhawk? So... Kevin Lewis is with Ruby right now. Who would be like the second head slap nut here? You can hear like some sirens and things in the distance. Uh, Kevin didn't mention that he had called for like ambulances and police and union. So it sounds like they're on their way, but no one else has arrived yet. So it's just the four of you at the moment. Oh, also didn't the, uh, the other gang member came down, right? Sorry, the five of you. Yeah. Cause the other gang member. Well, I'm not going to trust Crystal Tiger with the gang member. No offense. He seems like a nice guy. That's fair. Which, do we have a name yet? Uh, you never got his name. <laughs> Skippy 2.0 can hang out over there for a little while. I guess I'm going to stand here with Oh no, <laughs> Crystal Tiger, because I don't feel comfortable putting her down. Okay, so you're just holding her. Are you closer to Yardak? Are you closer to Ruby? Are you closer to the building? Like we're. Uh, I'm gonna say that I'm still like hanging back at the building, just like kind of taking in the situation. Like fuck, not again. Yeah, I'd say about a minute or so later, you start seeing like you see like a Union vehicle pull up, an SUV. You see two Riverside City Police Department cruisers pull up and an ambulance. Yeah, I'm gonna march up to the Union truck. They seem like probably the best equipped to uh, deal with the 400 pounds of bitch on my shoulder. You you go up. Yeah, there's there's uh, two union guys getting out of the SUV. One is like an agent, you know, wearing like a suit. The other one is like sort of a tactical agent. Swackier, basically. I look at the guy in the suit and I go, what do you want me to do with this? He realizes like who you're holding and uh, he says, give me give me one moment. Uh, and he runs to the, the back of the vehicle and he grabs a set of like power dampering cuffs. All right. And he places them on her. And actually, when he places them on her, uh, the crystal actually, like, for lack of a better term, melts away. Fascinating. Remind me to ask you about those at a better time. And he nods uh, and he says, what's the situation? Well, the good news is we got her. The bad news is, and I nod over toward Hornet, why I think we lost him. And uh, the guy kind of looks over and it's a little hard to see because like this giant massive body like of the nine foot one armed <laughs> slam pack user <laughs> uh, is just like kind of like blocking the view from Hornet. But he can like, you know, see like a hand sticking up and such. Kevin Lewis kind of says, Ruby, are you are you OK? I I I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Ruby, there's going to there's with the police coming here with everything going on, there's going to be. More people showing up soon, and I think we have some decisions we got to make. I, uh, what, uh, what decisions? Well, Mr. Yates' identity was not exactly public, 
So like Union knew who he was. Yeah. I know the news media will be here soon and we're going to have to decide. I, uh, is that information that you think we should keep under wraps or what should we do next? I, I didn't, you knew this was Austin. Union keeps tabs on most post humans while the Hornet was a rather, you know, local entity didn't make a lot of big splashy events. He was on Union's radar. I, maybe we should keep it a secret that he died. He was a rumor to begin with, and but he was the one thing keeping the North End safe. If if the gangs know that he's gone, it might undo all that we've done so far. Understood. Are you going to be okay if I step away? I think so. I If we don't want people to know how Austin died, how do we, what do we do? Give me a moment. And he uh, walks away and he uh, pulls aside the ambulance driver as well as the uh, other union agent in the suit. And you can see him. You can't quite make out what he's saying, but he's pointing over towards the area and also motioning for the police. And you can see him gesturing about a perimeter. He walks back over to you. We're going to have both of these bodies taken to Union Echo Base, but we're only going to have a record of of the other one. I we need someone needs to tell Jack. Jack? The he owns the bar across where Austin worked across from where I live. As far as I know, he was the closest thing Austin really had to family. Okay. At that point then, Yardak, Lewis gestures over to you asking you to come over. I get up and I brush the dirt off my pants from where I was sitting on the ground and I make my way over and I just give him a kind of a slight head nod. Just, Hey, um, I was just discussing with Ruby. We're going to keep the legend of Hornet alive and take Mr. Yates back to echo base. I think that'd be the best. We don't want anybody to get any ideas now that they think they might have any kind of free run. And at this point, you can look around and you see the police start making a caution tape perimeter. There's a small crowd that's sort of gathered outside the perimeter of people kind of looking in. But again, between the body of the Blue Cross gang member on the slam packs and everything uh, and all the debris, there's not really a way for them to see Austin and exactly what's going on. They can kind of see y'all because you're standing up. Mm-hmm. Roll a perception check. Nine plus eight, 17. I got a 23. I got a net one. Oof. It sounds like Ruby's in a bit of shock. Laserhawk, as well as Yardak, notice uh, behind the crowd, you see the Channel 7 news van pull up and intrepid reporter Shauna Ortega gets out and you see her kind of uh, like interrogating some of the police trying to make her way in to what's going on. Like she's coming closer or like you said, they put up the police tape perimeter. They've got the perimeter, but she's kind of, like I said, like up, up and talking. Um, and she sees, she sees you Yardak and she like, wait, tries to wave to you. Do I want to talk to her? I'm going to walk away now. Oh, you know, yeah, I, I'll walk over to Shauna and, you know, some Atlantean relations. Okay. Yardak, Yardak, what, what, what's happening here? What happened here tonight? And she's and her cameraman Kenny is behind her uh, filming, and she's got her microphone out towards you. And I'm doing my best to make myself look. I mean, yes, we did just have like a massive fight, but I want to like make it known visually to anybody who's like watching on the news that like we're like haggard. We put up like a fight. Well, Shauna, we had a bit of intel that the does the public know about slam packs. I would say at this point, yeah, the general public knows about it. Like, there's probably been like a couple like you know 
articles written in the papers and like, you know, keep your kids away from this. A scary news special that, you know, makes it seem way worse than it actually is. Oh, yeah, children doing slam packs. Be sure to watch Joe Johnson talk about it at 11. So I say, well, Shauna, we got a bit of intel that there were some big going ons here. And we thought that hopefully we could get ahead of the curve on this whole slam pack thing. And me and the rest of the team, we decided we were going to try to stage a little bit of a strike here and try to, it just got so out of hand so fast. And well, you see this wreckage. Yes, yes, I see. It is clear, and she turns back towards the camera. A massive fight has broken out here in the North End. Atlantean Ambassador Yardak, along with his allies, were fighting the Blue Cross. And she turns back towards you. Now, roll a persuasion check, Yardak. Ooh, 19. 19 plus 9, 28. Yeah, she looks back towards you. Now, when you say team, who who are you referring to? Well, Shauna, you know that... Uh identities specifically for you know post-human people who were out here trying to do the good work are taken very seriously the people that were helping me here tonight their code names were visual aid and laser hawk thank you very much mr ambassador and she turns back we'll have more at 11 about this breaking story it's probably like 8 30 right now maybe closer to nine. Ooh, actually so shauna has stopped like taping yeah yeah as Shauna turns to kind of leave to do her own thing to get ready for her next thing at 11, I just kind of put my hand on her shoulder and uh, get her to turn around to face me again. And I just want to like very earnestly ask Shauna and just say like, hey, like uh, I know that you're out here doing your job and so are we. And uh, I'm just hoping that if, you know, you being in the news and you get any kind of like tips or anything like that, if if you're out here trying to do some good work and help people too, then hopefully you'll give me a call if you get any kind of information. And then I give her my card. Yardak has cards. I guess is my real takeaway from that. Yeah. Fuck you. So <laughs> I got some fancy cards now that say Atlantean ambassador to union and that union gave me. Well, it's a good thing. He gave that to the gang member earlier. Thankfully he was too stoned to notice. <laughs> He's still super high. And leaning against the wall and just kind of like in shock himself. And she takes your card and she says, well, you know, I can't promise a lot of things because it's, uh, you know, I have, to, I have to protect my sources, but I will keep you in mind, of course, Mr. Ambassador. Thanks, Shauna. You know, any help at all is going to be really beneficial to us. I mean, you know, protect your sources. But, you know, if you get a tip about something happening somewhere, you don't have to give any names. Just give a heads up. And she nods and then turns away. As do I. The union agent, as well as the person with the ambulance, brings over a gurney, and they uh, they start loading in Austin's body. They uh, they're also kind of putting up a bit of a tarp to try to like you know protect the privacy and identities of them. Also, the body of the gang member on the slam pack is starting to like decompress, for lack of a better term, like back to a normal size. Ugh. Oh, I'm sure that's not gross. Also, I mean, I had told Kevin the last episode that there were people inside who needed help. So I'm assuming the ambulance went inside. The ambulance went inside? No. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> the paramedics went inside. Yeah, yeah. There's Again, there's there's like a whole... like There was, there was someone leading up to the third floor and there's currently no stairs there. So good luck with that. <laughs> Maybe they took my rope back up. Oh, yeah. I mean, your rope is still there from the last time. Um, Yeah, the paramedics are starting to like, you know, and the police officers are starting to like get all their equipment and starting to head out. All of a sudden, the front door pops open and two of the Blue Cross gang members just run out and they start just making a run for it. I'm too traumatized to give a shit. 
I've got enough in me for a solar shotgun. Ooh, you know they did see Austin. They gotta die. I mean, they have to be stopped. I want to say that, and then I want to try to trip both of them with my water whips. All right, uh, make an attack check. Okay, so then that's a 21 for the first one. Ooh, 17. 25. Uh, yeah, so you, you trip both of them up, and the one like just like hits his chin on the ground. Oh, God, that's such a visual. He's like crawling, like kind of turns over onto his back, but the other one is like scrambling and, and getting back up and running. Solar shotgun. I'm just going to beam him in the back of the head. All right, roll it. 29. 29. Um, yeah. Uh, describe, describe what it looks like uh, real quick for me. He kind of looks up, mumbles, I'm sick of this shit under my breath. I imagine that he was able to scramble out of the water snare, kind of running, thinking he's going to get it before just just one finger, blast a light, thud, sit the fuck down, son. And the light rings out, and uh, when you do that, actually, like a whole bunch of flashes come from the crowd, like people pulled out their phones, seeing all this happening. Hey. Yeah, I should have thought that one through. I, I wave, I guess. High Wind City hero Laserhawk has made an appearance in Riverside City. Ah, shit. <sighs> I guess we have to go into media mode. I'm still, like, traumatized on the ground? Kevin Lewis leans down and says, Alright, we, we have him loaded into the vehicle. Um, are you ready? We're gonna head back to Union Echo Base. I... Uh, my van, I, I don't think I can drive right now. Do you want one of the agents to escort you home? Uh, sh- sure. I just, I don't, I, yeah. And she kind of wobbles as she gets up. She's like, I don't think I should drive. Does a little hand signal to one of the agents and kind of tells him like, Hey, I need you to take visual aids van to this location. And he gives a location that's like close to your house, but not at your house. Mm-hmm. Thanks. If you could have agent Smith follow you and drop that, drop them both off there. <laughs> Mr. Anderson. Yeah, yeah, it's Agent Anderson and Agent Smith. You could tell Ruby. You could tell Ruby's shocked. She doesn't actually make a Matrix reference. You're heading home then. I I'll head like if I need to head back to base, I can do that. He's giving you the option. Like, what do you want to do in this scenario? I can go back to base if I'm needed there. Okay, you're gonna load in with Agent Lewis then to head back to Echo Base. Yeah, I guess so. We'll all have to get in with him because I'm not driving my van, guys. Laserhawk and Yardak, are you also coming back to Echo Base? Yeah, may as well. I mean, there's really nothing else we can do here. Mm-hmm. So either this or the warehouse, Echo Base at least has air conditioning. I am going to put something in the chat. He has a dog! It's impor- it seemed important to, re- to remind you. Austin, oh, oh, I did not remember that at all. How did he get a dog? Uh, it was mentioned in one of the first episodes because uh, Ruby suggests like going to a vet to get his bullet wounds checked out. So I want to say as we all got into his van, shit. What about his dog? He could be the union dog. He can just hang out at base. <laughs> and then he can be everybody's friend. What? Okay. Like a bodega cat. Do we know the dog's name? Bodega. Can you please name the dog Skippy? The dog's name is now Bodega. Fuck. No. Nope, the dog's name is now Bodega. <laughs> <laughs> I'm proud of that, actually. Someone's got to feed the dog. Someone's got to take care of the dog. I don't. Kevin, Kevin's driving, and he kind of like, looks uncertainly towards Laserhawk and Yardak through like the rearview mirror. Kind of look to Kevin, and I mean, I'm from under fucking water. I don't really know what to do with a dog, so I was gonna be like, 
we could go get this dog and bring it with us and offer it care. Well, I know we've never seen this. Have I met this dog before? So I'm going to leave that up to you. Have you, have you, you've hung out with Austin a few times now. Yeah, I'm going to say, like, we used to meet up at the bar and he, the dog I assume lived above the bar I went to regularly. Yeah. We're going to try and keep the legend of Hornet alive, but people are going to start, no- are going to notice if Austin Yates disappears, or at least some people will. Yeah. Do we have to say a, a different way that he died? Just found dead in an alley. Cheerful. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. He lives in a bad part of town. Kevin kind of just looks up at you back in the rearview mirror yard act. Mr. Yates was your friend, and I can use some of our resources to fudge dates if necessary, if that's, or, or locations, um, if that's the route you'd prefer we go. But it, pe- you are correct. People will begin to wonder where he has gone sooner rather than later. Maybe we could say he stopped uh, stopped a mugging or something. I I mean, he, he died saving someone. I don't want him to just... Or we can turn Austin into the face of the resistance, basically, and have it so that he was killed. The Mockingjay. Kind of, yeah. Like, he was killed by somebody on Slam Packs. And as far as anybody knows, he's just a random citizen. So if there's, like, this random citizen that was brutalized and found dead, then it then it can be, like, used to spurn more of, like, this whole, like, anti-slam pack rhetoric among the people. All right, we're doing full-on agitprop. Yeah, I don't know if I'm comfortable with this. If that's what you want to do, then that's that's what we'll do. Yeah, I... He's been driving a little bit, so wait, where where should we be going? I, I guess back to base, I don't... Okay. I don't know. Dog... Dog, I guess we could go to my apartment, like, to the bar and get the dog. I don't... Did Austin have his keys on him? You can just make a key. We have a government agent in the car. If we can't lockpick a shitty apartment, we need to give up now. Yeah, and we're with a union agent. Just kick the fucking door in. That's gonna get the dog all riled up. Jack might ask why his door was broken down by the government. Oh, duh. Jack, just say, oh, hey, Jack, Austin sent us to uh, go grab Bodega and... So we kicked in your door. Well, no, be, instead of kicking in the door, just say, hey, Jack, can you let us in so we can get Bodega? <laughs> oh, I guess the bar, it's only like 830. I guess the bar stuff's fucking open. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you're heading back towards towards your apartment and Jack's pub? Yeah. Okay. It's a, it's a real short drive to get there from where you're at. I don't know if I want to lie. To, this is not in character. I don't know if I want to lie to Jack about like, yeah, your, your coworker's totally alive. <laughs> Well, no, he totally knows that he's Hornet, so we're gonna, well, like, tell him after. I don't think we should lie to Jack. I, I think Jack deserves to know. I... Just hearing to take Skippy's dog to where he's totally breathing right now. Or I guess I could see if Jack wants to take care of the dog. I don't know. No, I have a, I want, I want some crypto shit. I want this dog to be there, and I want Lydia to spill some shit on him, and then this dog has fucking powers now. <laughs> <laughs> I have literally been trying to offer to take this dog for the past seven minutes, but I keep on getting cut off. Let me have a friend. I'm lonely in my warehouse. <laughs> you need a house. No, I need a dog. Well, if you can have the dog, if you come to base, be a part of the team. Yeah. I'll be a part of the team. Just like my warehouse. We have this fucking bar yet. Yeah, you've reached the bar and you pull up. Lewis, like, kills the engine, and it's a nondescript vehicle. It doesn't have, like, union branding on it. But Lewis says, I'm gonna 
I'm going to stay here. Just call me or, or come get me if you need me. I guess I uh, could, Yarda, could you, or Laser Hawk, someone, could someone go in with me? I don't know if I can do this alone. Yeah, we'll come in. I, oh, I need to, I think I should be Ruby, not not visual aid. And I take the mask off, dematerialize it, and, oh yeah, we were dressed as blue cross members. Uh, we were mostly, yeah, you had the blue bandanas and you had like big puffy jackets on. Yeah, I get rid of that. I make a different normal dress in case someone saw me on the news. Okay. <sighs> okay. I guess let's go do this. Oh, I have to tell Bethany. You enter Jack's pub. It's, it's you know, it's a Wednesday night. It's not super busy. When you come in, you see you see in the background, you see uh, Bill and Maury just kind of uh, cracking jokes with each other and otherwise kind of dead. Jack's at the end of the bar just kind of wiping a glass. Okay. There's, so there's no one else. I don't recognize anyone else in there. A couple like regulars but n- you don't know their names okay and and jack sees you hey ruby how's it going ruby's fighting back tears hey um can i uh can we talk to you for a second jack uh privately and he uh furrows his brow a little bit yeah let's step into the back uh yeah come back to my office is everything okay and he kind of open. he kind of holds the door open for for the three of you he goes, actually, before you answer, he uh, goes to shake your hand, Laser Hawk. He says, hi, Jack Dianopoli. I'm sorry, I don't think we've met before. Brock Bland, needed time, but I know he spoke. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Welcome, welcome. Yeah, let's uh, step into the back. Ruby, what's what's the matter? You, I, you knew about Austin's other job, right? Other job? Yeah, I mean, he was pretty much here every night. I don't, you know, he was, what was he doing, like, uh, Uber? I, oh. That's kind of like, as she's kind of flustering, we all know what we mean. Uh, roll insight. Fucking that 20. And yeah, you can tell from, like, he kind of flinched when she first said it, and, uh, is, like, you know, kind of trying to keep his composure. I just sort of look at him and go... Do hornets mean anything to you, bud? And his face kind of drops. What? I... Austin... Um... Jack kind of, like, crosses his arms and sits down, and he was hornet. Yeah, but there's... That's not what we're here to tell you. And I think Ruby starts crying. Wait, what? Ruby, what happened? He... Put my hand on Ruby's shoulder and say, you want me? he died saving me and jack's whole expression like goes blank he's not with you right now ruby was there earlier she i understand saved you what he no he's he said he was going out for a couple hours he said uh he said he was gonna close close up tonight he's no 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 (laughs) no he's uh you gotta be what (laughs) I'm so sorry. And his eyes meet yours, and he believes you. And he he sort of stumbles his way into like a spare bar stool that was in the back room. Oh my god! Is there any form of alcoholic beverage inside the office I could pour this man at this time? The back office is not like that big. Um, it's kind of like just really enough space for like a desk and a chair. Um, like you're all like technically you're all kind of outside of the area he's at. <laughs> 
Like, it's, it's a very small back room. Can I poke my head out of the office and just, like, grab a bottle of scotch and give it to him? In the kitchen, like, yeah, there's, like, the, the shelf of liquors as well as, uh, as well as, like, glasses and, and, and whatnot. Yeah, I'm just gonna pour him a double shot of whiskey and send it down next to him. And he, he picks it up with a shaky hand and takes a drink. And I pour him another. Ruby, what do you mean? Why were you... Are you... I... No. I've been working with Austin to take care of the problems in the North End. And his eyes come back into focus and he looks at all three of you. Your visual aid. I just go, uh... That's your life. That's your business. I'm just... He's really gone. I Sorry, I... It's, it's been a long night. Do you need the key to his apartment? Uh, we remembered um, Bodega, and we, I, I, re- I realized someone needed to take care of him, and I didn't know. I was like, I can take care of the dog. Like, we can take care of the dog if you if you need. I don't. If you want the dog, I, I. And he reaches over to the wall and pulls off like a key, and he goes to hand it to you. Can I roll an insight check to see if he's really disappointed about us taking the dog? Sure. I low-key feel like this is the episode where we become the villains if we're taking this guy's dog. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to make sure. He's giving the dog to us. I rolled a 16, so 24. No, he's, again, he's kind of in shock, so you can't pull a lot of information, but, like, you know, he's he's freely offering. Yeah, we can take care of him. I, I'll make sure he uh, br- bring him by sometimes. I He puts the, puts the key in your hand and kind of puts his hand over yours. I... I'm so sorry. He takes another swig of the drink. I'm if if you wouldn't mind, feel free to go up to the apartment. I've gotta I gotta tell people I'm closing up. I of course. And uh and he kinda like ushers you out of the of the back office area. Before I walk out, I just wanna turn to him and uh say for what it's worth he went out a goddamn hero. Thank you for that. Uh Baleo, was it? Yes, sir. We were thinking we Obviously, people will know that Austin died, but maybe letting the people think that Hornet's still around would keep this area safe. I would hate for all of Austin's hard work to be for nothing. Yeah. Yeah, he'd like that a lot. Again, I'm so sorry. I can't think of anything else to say. And he's he's choking back tears again as he kind of like ushers you out of the building and he kind of approaches like Bill and Maury and kind of just starts telling like people like, Hey guys, something, something came up. I don't have anyone to cover. I'm going to need to close down for the night. I was like, I got to tell Bethany too. This is a conversation we, uh, you know, you have to have face to face. So yeah, you're going up to the apartment. Mm -hmm. I enter slowly as to not spook Bodega. And Bodega is kind of just like, uh, curled up in a circle. How old is Bodega? And what kind of dog is Bodega? Uh, I was imagining Jack Russell Terrier. No. No? A bull terrier. Skippy would have a pit bull. I think I'm going to go with pit bulls, specifically because pit bulls are unnecessarily given a bad rep. Makes sense. More sense for a dog he found on the street, which we had decided. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he kind of like, you know, uh, when you start opening the door, he recognizes you. So uh, he, he kind of like gives like a dog smile, tongue wagging out. But he doesn't really get up to move. He's just kind of looking over at you. I start crying again. It's fair. Come here, Bodega. 
Uh, and he's got, and there's a leash, like, when you first, like, enter the door, there's, like, a leash right on the wall. I look around for, like, food and toys. Yeah, yeah, there's, uh, it's all kind of together in the kitchen area. Okay. And as Ruby is dealing with Bodega and looking for his stuff, I'm going to see if there's any kind of information that Austin might have left around that we could use to continue his work or see if he had any leads he might not have even known of. I also, while you're looking for that, you should also look to see if he had, um, like, like phone numbers of people that might need to know he's dead or, I don't know, a will? Yeah, any kind of important information. Uh, roll an investigation check then, Yardak. And anybody else, I guess, who's doing any kind of search or doing, or what are you doing, Laserhawk? Kicking it. <laughs> I didn't know this guy. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fuck with this shit. It's 13 plus 7, it's a non-nat 20. Yeah, so when you're looking around, you actually, he's got like a dresser and also a wardrobe, and when you open up the wardrobe, it's got basically his horned outfit, but like a couple different ones of it. Ooh, the prototypes. No, I think it's like actually just had multiple copies of it, because I'm sure they get fucked up. Like Doug's closet, where it's the same outfit over and over. (laughs) Yeah, it's a lot like Doug's closet. He has like a couple pictures. Um, He also has a framed picture of the lot of you. Aww. Oh my god! How the fuck did he get my picture? <laughs> Sorry, except for Laserhawk. Ruby looks up, sees that picture, and starts crying again. And Bodega kind of gets up at that point and kind of curls up with you. I start petting Bodega. Maybe who's actually gonna take the dog? I guess is the the real question. Well, right now it's just me, myself, and I. I could use some company. You sticking around then? For a while, at least. Don't you live in a warehouse? Do you have a place? Do you have soft things for the dog to sit on? Absolutely. I've got a couch and I've got a bed. I legitimately did not know that information. I mean, look, realistically, I found a couch and a dumpster and the bed is literally just a mattress on the floor. But Ruby doesn't need to know that. That's fair. He seems to like this blanket. We should take this with us. Sounds good. And meanwhile, Yardak... You also discover a police scanner that he had. That checks out. And this was like, the police scanner is like on a nightstand next to his bed. And on top of it, like an envelope with Yardak and Ruby written on it. Oh, God. Oh, no. Okay, let's open it. Are you going to tell me about it? Are you going to read it first or are you going to tell Ruby first? Um, I thought we could like read it together. Okay, but I, I'm not next to you, so I don't know about this letter yet. Then I just like wander out and kind of just like have it in my hand and say like, I guess he left this for us. I mean, I guess he was living a dangerous life. I, I guess he knew this this could happen. Yeah, when you open it up, it says, "Dear Ruby, Ruby and Yardak, or Myra, or whoever else might read this. If uh, if you're reading this, I'm I'm assuming uh, I'm not around to put it away at the end of the night." Damn, so he just straight up had like a "I'm gonna die" letter. That's fucking bleak. Should I have an I'm gonna die letter? Technically, we all should. It should be a will. It should be notarized by a lawyer, but that's a separate conversation for a different day. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, the, the letter goes on to say, like, you know, just uh, make sure Bodega goes to a good home. If they don't know already, I'd prefer, you know, keep my keep my second life a secret. I guess, I don't know, burn the outfits, uh, take the police scanner, Probably fetch a good price on eBay for that. Does he mention like anyone who needs to know that he's going that he's died? You guys and Jack and probably whoever finds this is 
the people that are going to miss me most when I'm gone. Hoping it, uh, however it happened, it was worth it. Did he leave his passwords? Uh, yeah, you know what I'm going to say? Like, behind that is, like, some other legal documents and stuff. Like, notari- like an actual notarized will. I, I look through it, see if there's anything that's important to know, anyone I need to get in contact with, a lawyer that I need to, like, get in contact with. It doesn't, uh... Please don't make me go down the legal route of what an actual will entails. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought maybe there was, like, a secret relative I needed to tell. So what do you do next? Well, I want to say as far as, like, his hornet outfits and he said burn them, I think we should save one and have Ruby create a statue of him and put his outfit on it in Union. Can I make a giant statue? Am I that detailed? Uh, I think it would be, like, a power stunt. It would exhaust you a little bit, but I think you could. Yeah, we'll, we'll do that later. Later, we'll, we'll take the outfits with us. What time is it now? Uh, by this point, it's probably like nine fifteen. Like you, uh, you've been between talking to Jack and everything. You've probably been doing this for like thirty minutes. Should I tell Bethany now? I don't. I don't want her to find out somehow. Like we can tell her tomorrow, but I feel like we should get going. Uh, like your phone goes off, Ruby, and it's just Bethany texting you. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa! I just, I just saw the news alerts. What's? Is everything okay? I am, so we were leaving the apartment, right? Unless you had something else, anything else you want to do, but I was under the impression that you were. Yeah, okay. So I want to say, can we be like downstairs in Jack's pub by now? Uh, yeah. Um, and, and as you're coming down the stairs, Jack sees you and he's like turning off the lights. Let me know when things are official. Cause I'll, uh, probably gonna do like a vigil. Would definitely be there. Must have meant a lot to me and, and to the North End, even if not everyone realized it. Alright, what happens next? Um, I guess I have to answer Bethany, but I don't know how to answer that question. I feel like uh, we can kind of, not like put Bethany off, but can be dealt with later saying like, yeah, it was a really rough night. I'll talk to you tomorrow. We're trying to gather ourselves right now. Yeah, I'm just gonna be like, uh... Yeah, I'm fine, but some some stuff went down. It was wasn't a good night. We need to wrap some stuff up with Union, but I'll I'll tell I'll talk to you tomorrow. Okay, she sends like a heart emoji. Just remember, we're supposed to talk with the uh, distributor tomorrow. Oh, I assume I know Ruby knows what time, but what time? Like two p.m. I am now worried, so I can tell her in the morning, and I don't know. I feel like. So rough thing to get the news that day and not be able to sleep on it. You can tell her after the meeting. It's probably the best call. I don't know that Ruby is not holding herself particularly well. I don't know if Ruby can like would be able to hold. Or you know what I could say is like also we're across the street right now. If you want to uh, run down a second, there's sorry, sorry, it's just been a rough night. That's what I write. It's uh, incoherent. Ruby's a mess. She says, "You're downstairs. Okay, I'll um, I'll come downstairs." And are you like coming out of the pub at this point? I'm guessing. Yeah, coming out of the pub. I guess with the dog. Yeah, you got the dog, which is not a great sign. Uh, you see, Lewis kind of flashes the headlights at you, kind of gives like a thumbs up, thumbs down motion. So I'm gonna walk over to the car and say, like, I think Bethany's gonna come down. I, I think I need to, t- to tell her because she knew Austin too, and she'll start noticing he's not around and. Okay, Ruby. I don't. He does. He know who Bethany is. I really. Yeah, yeah. It's actually. I think it's been established that, like, you know, like in your first meeting, I think Union established like they know like everything. Everything. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, to be fair, I think if I remember correctly, like you, uh, you were actually a little perturbed by it. And also, I feel like if you're working for some kind of government agency, they'll know who your roommate is. Bethany comes out and she's she's like in pajamas. Mm-hmm. Um, got like a scout, a slouchy beanie on. I guess does she see the dog? For- uh, and she comes down and she looks concerned and she's like, "Ruby, what's wrong? What's why do you have bodega?" I when I I said it was a bad night. It, it was it was a really bad night. I uh, only tearfully this time, not full on sobs. We're we're growing. We're getting better at this. Roll for tears. <laughs> oh God, Austin didn't make it. And her eyes go wide. Oh my God! And she kind of like puts her hand out on your shoulder. Are you okay? I think so. I I think I'm still a little bit in shock. He he saved my life. And Bethany uh, just gives you a big old hug. It's like holding you tightly. And she also reaches out and like takes your hand, Yardak, because you're like really nearby. Okay. <laughs> She's like a friend of a friend. So it's not like I'm like. You guys are friends now. Okay. I give her hand a little squeeze. I'm just going to say I'm in the car with the dog. Hey out there. So I'm going to keep things completely transparent. This is a rough episode. It was a hard one to plan and to get the tone right when recording and to edit. But as I started planning out the next episode, originally we were planning to skip ahead like a week in the show's timeline. But then when I was planning that out, it just felt like dealing with the fallout of Hornet's death was important, and we couldn't just time jump away from it. That being said, I appreciate if you're hearing this, and you're sticking through an episode that deals with some heavy themes. We'll be back to, well, whatever our normal is uh, next episode. I spoke about this in last week's episode, but just a reminder that Masks and Mayhem is a member of the New England Podcast Consortium. As a member of the NEPC, we connect listeners and businesses in New England through mutual promotion and support. You can find other members of the NEPC at newenglandpodcasts.com. So take a moment to check them out when this episode is over. But for now, let's get back to the game. I'm going to need a detailed report of everything that happened tonight, Balea. I can do that, Lewis. It's fucked, isn't it? You just don't get used to it. No, you don't. It doesn't matter if it's your first time, your tenth time, your hundredth time. You lose someone out there with you. And shit sticks with you. And these kids are green. This is gonna fuck with them. The scar above his right eye, he's kind of just like feeling over it while you're saying that. Yeah. Lewis, I know that your organization and I may have gotten off on a rough start. I'm here to help you. You know that, right? I'm not here to be a thorn in your ass. We want the same thing. I thought maybe it'd be best if I cleared the air a little bit with that. Roll persuasion. Please don't whiff it. Woo! 18 plus... 21. Yeah, I know, Balea. And I know you've been through some shit, too. Alright, meanwhile, back... At the hug? Yeah, back at the hug. <laughs> Bethany lets go you, and she's kind of holding your shoulders, and then she, like, lets go. Thanks, that... I really needed that. I I think we gotta get back to base, wrap things up. Ruby, you need anything, you let me know, okay? Okay, yeah, I think, uh, our, uh, new f- friend is gonna take care of Bodega for right now. He lives alone. He seems like he needs a dog. Uh, probably did Austin some good. I would've taken, Bob. We're not allowed to have pets at our place. Ms. Parker, your landlord, is, is pretty stringent about the, the pets rule. Did you just create a landlord? I had one already made. 
It's okay, my landlord's cool. He died back in 2007. Oh, okay. Wait, Rock has a ghost landlord? <laughs> <laughs> okay, what do you do next? I'll let you know what I need. Thanks, thanks, Bethany. And then I go get in the go get in the van. Yeah, and she kind of scutters back into the, into the apartment building. Okay, off to Union. Yeah, again, it's a kind of a, a short trip. All the lights are kind of off by the time you get there because you know it's pretty late at night. By the way, Agent Lewis, I, I don't think it's going to be a problem, but Jack knows who I am or my other identity. He he guessed. Understood. Is he trustworthy? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he wouldn't. When we were asked, telling him about Austin, we had to coax him out of out of him that he that we knew he was Hornet already. This makes sense. And then, yeah, while while you're having that conversation, you're pulling into sub level one, parking the vehicle, and uh, getting out. And he kind of uh, gestures you towards the elevator, and he says, "We're heading. We're gonna head up to the second floor." I uh, I called Doctor Alvarado in, uh, and and Doctor Matthews. Okay. You get to the top, and and Laserhawk and Yardak, uh, what, what are you? What's on your mind? What are you thinking about during all this? I got paperwork to do, Doug. <laughs> what? He has to do paperwork. Lewis said that Laserhawk had to do. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean you had paperwork. I meant like you're going to sit down with someone and give like a full report to an agent. Oh well, then I'd like to do that because I don't want to deal with my problems right now. All right, so just you and the dog are going to go off and answer some questions. Yeah, yeah, basically. Do a little bonding, maybe feed him some spam. Dogs like spam. We brought his dog food with him. Well, yeah, but he's had a rough night, too. He deserves some spam. That's the case, then. Agent Lewis kind of gestures Yardak and Ruby towards Dr. Alvarado's office, and then gestures Laserhawk to his own office. I nod at Yardak and Ruby, and I shuffle my way in there with the paparuski. I'm legitimately surprised that no one's tried to put like a blanket around Ruby. <laughs> You're the one who can magic stuff out of thin air. Get your own blanket, girl. I'm sh- in shock. Agent Lewis sits down at his desk, pulls up a form on his computer and says, all right, give me a rundown. How did, what, what all happened in there? Found that Hydra and Tiger were there. And I moved in because I figured that getting them would be top priority since they seem to be at the top of the food chain here. So you initiated the combat? Yeah. And then what happened? Combat initiated. The floor got kind of broken. So Yardak and I were on one floor with Crystal Tiger and Midnight Hydra. While Ruby and Hornet were up on the first floor dealing with some gang members who, as it would turn out, were doing slam packs. Yardak and I were able to apprehend Crystal Tiger. Unfortunately, Midnight Hydra was able to use his abilities to get away, and I had half of a house on me. Still not 100% sure what happened myself, but we lost Hornet. Looked like the basement had paraphernalia inside of it. We were at least able to do that much. Yes, our uh, our agents are apprehending the uh, the contraband. I can give you access to sub-level 4 if you'd like to speak with Crystal Tiger. In the morning... All right, and he gestures you out, and he says, thank you, I'm going to finish up some paperwork here. Feel free to join back with the others. I do just that. Come on, Bodega. Bark, bark. 
you guys just walked in on Dr. Alvarado, who is um, doing an examination of the body of the uh, Blue Cross gang member. For the record, okay, I just thought of this. What happened to the guy who helped us out? Uh, you don't know. You left. I'll send him a text. So yeah, you know what? That's a good point. Yardak, you have a text from him. Ooh, okay. I see what it is. It just says, hey, this is uh, Jeremy. We didn't really get to exchange names before. Oh, yeah. I was, I was like, how did he not know I'm Yardak? And I was like, oh, duh. I was dressed as a gang member. I think he probably figured it out by the end, right? Probably is a good good estimate, given that you were in like your hero outfit and everything. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to text back saying like, hey, uh, I'm pretty sure by now you figured out that my name is actually Yardak. And he texts back. He's like, yeah, tonight was was wild, right? Yeah, it didn't go at all as we expected, but uh, now you know who I am. Uh, hopefully that doesn't change your view of me too much. Nah, we're cool. Um, I'll talk with you tomorrow, though. Okay. Not bad. Not good. Okay, so, uh, send me a message whenever you want. Dr. Alvarado looks over at you and says, Ruby, Yardak, Mr. Laserhawk. Hi, Lydia. I I assume you've you've heard... Yes, I'm. I'm sorry about your friend. I knew, always knew this was something that could happen in in this line of work, but I didn't realize. I thought I knew how hard it would be, but I didn't. I didn't know. It's never easy. It is never easy. I'm sorry to to all of you. Yes, I'm just examining um, this body here. Uh, he seems to have come down from the slam packs reverted back to human form that many slam packs if I had to estimate he did at least 10 of the vials he for the this is the armless one right right he's got the one arm and he and he was remember he was like eight feet tall he didn't even notice when his arm when I cut off his arm yes I imagine the adrenaline and and the and the change of biology just made him numb to any form of physical pain. They were just be like, oh my god, I cut a man's arm off today. Like, that's just Ruby. That just hit Ruby right then. The only thing I can make out is that when Agent Lewis shot him, shot him afterwards, that um, the lack of brain activity is what finally caused him to revert back. I'm finishing up my examination here. Mr. Matthews is looking, into, looking after Hornet. Oh, I... Okay. Now, when it comes to personal identity... There is levels of access. Uh, he knows that he is working on Hornet, but he does not know his true identity. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if anyone told you, but we're obviously people will notice if if Austin goes missing. But we're going to try and keep the the idea of Hornet alive. So, Agent Lewis phoned me while he was waiting waiting for you to collect uh, Mister Yates's uh, pet. Yes, that that makes sense. I. If you want to take a moment, talk to. Dr. Matthews or, or Agent Lewis, whatever you need. If you need to go home, I understand. We can we can always continue tomorrow. I, I think I'm I'm good. I, I don't want to forget anything. I don't I don't I don't know if I'll really be able to sleep tonight. And she and she reaches over into one of her cabinets and she uh, hands you a, a small bottle of pills. Take these if you need to sleep tonight. Okay. Are they addictive? What are these? <laughs> Uh, generic, like, over-the-counter sleeping pills. How many do I take? I'd say one. It should be sufficient. Two at most. Thanks. Be well, Ruby. It's It'll be easier in the morning. Yardak, are you okay? Yeah, I mean, I feel like with Yardak, even though, like, 
he is taking it hard. He also knows that being in the Atlantean army, that this is something that happens. I think I'm the the only one who's like dealing with a superhero death for the first time. Right. Uh, I don't know if Yardak has in the superhero sense, but I think probably in the army sense for sure. Yeah. A young person dying as opposed to like, I'm assuming everyone before this in Ruby's life who has died was like old sick people. Yeah, I would say, again, I'd say this is a very different experience for Ruby compared to Laserhawk or Yardak. Mm-hmm. From the main medical area, you see Dr. Matthews come out and he's like taking off some gloves and putting them in a in a bin and like studying himself, like whew, fixing his hair and everything like, hey, hey, guys, how, how's it going? I, I, sorry, that was that was dumb. Um, are you y'all OK? As well as I can be. Yeah, just processing. Yeah, I uh, I just finished the autopsy and and writing up my report. Any any next of kin or any um, wishes for what should happen next? I don't think he had any family, but we we actually have his will. And if you do a cursory glance of the will, it just says like you know cremation uh, and scattered in the river. Yeah, it, it seems that he wanted to be cremated. Okay. Do you want to see him, or shall I proceed with that? I- he still looks pretty bad, right? Any any nods, like, solemnly? I think I saw enough of that. I, I don't think I should see him. Wait, wait, there's someone he's very close with. I- I don't- maybe he wants to see him. I don't want to take away that opportunity. Understood. Um, I'll, I'll store him in the morgue for now. Laserhawk, you know, because you're kind of standing in the back observing everything. You see Lewis is on the phone, making a phone call, and then hangs up. And then you watch as he comes out of his office and approaches Yardak. Yardak, do you have a moment to do a debrief? Uh, yeah, sure. I'm- he takes you back to the office and he kind of tells you what uh, Laserhawk already told him. He said, would you be able to fill in any gaps um, or any additional information worth mentioning? Even though like, it's kind of a policing, but also let him know about the judge that was there. He makes a note. Did you get any evidence of this? Yeah, I took a picture. And then like, I just quick like airdrop it to him. Yeah, he, he takes that all down. He says, thank you. Thank you. Oh, my God. It's Judge Atkinson. Yeah, that little bitch. I don't know who that is. Can you see if Ruby's up to speaking? So I leave his office and then head over and I see, is she done talking to Lydia? Yeah, I was talking with Sloan. I'm deciding whether I text him, Jack, being like, you want to see your close friend's body? Well, well, one, he closed for the night, but you can also just like call him in the morning because it's like 10 o'clock at night now. You know, I was going to tell Sloan that. I was like, I'm going to, he already knows that he's dead, but I'm, I don't want to overwhelm him. I'm just going to ask him in the morning whether he wants to come see the body. Understood. Um, I've got a collection of his possessions if you need them. What did he have on him? Mostly uh, just his, his outfit accoutrements mm-hmm. and uh, his wallet. So then, yeah, Yardak, you walk up, I imagine. And so now that she's done talking to Sloane, I'm going to walk up to her. Hey, if you're up to it, Lewis uh, wants you to give him a little bit of a debrief in his office. Oh, I think I think I'm ready. Before we do that, uh, what are Laserhawk and Yardak then doing? I've got a dog to pet, my friend. Yeah, I'm really petting the dog. Then back in Agent Lewis's office. All right, here is what Yardak and Laserhawk told me. If you have any additional uh, information you can give. Uh, I know that you were the only one up on the second and third floor after the, he checks his notes, the floor collapsing. There were a bunch of gang members. And then eventually when the floor collapsed, they were all kind of stuck on one side. It was just me, uh, the gang member that was helping us out, uh, Austin, 
and then eventually the guy who um who was on a lot uh took so many that he was able to run and leap across the floor and he's typing all this down he's like oh okay this is this is where the two stories diverge i suppose the big guy kept grabbing me and austin just ran and jumped on him and it's when they flew out the window and i guess when and that's when i met up with you so that's that covers all of that uh we also captured the rest of the the gang members that were there at the time it seems that the only one who got away was uh was midnight hydra do do you get gold tooth again ah yes mr ainsley yes he's he's in union custody this time perhaps he'll actually stay in custody this time i think that'll be the case what do you all do now I mean, is there a room for me to stay at, or are me and Bodega getting a taxi back? Figure we should probably stay here for tonight, especially if Jack wants to come to see his body, so we can be here. Yeah, Lewis offers to get you all like some cots and such set up. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just- yeah, I've had a day. I'm crashing out. Okay, so yeah, you all get some sleep, and you wake up. Uh, in the morning, by the time all that interrogation, everything or interrogation, by the time all those interviews and things were over. I would say it was probably getting close to midnight. When I wake up, I'm going to call Jack. I just realized in the whole like last episode, Vapor Kappa wasn't there. He was not. So what's going on with uh, little buddy? You're going to call Jack? Yeah. Hey, Ruby, what's what's going on? Sorry, this is this is a rough question, but do do you want to see Austin's body? We, we found his will and he he wants to be cremated and have his ashes spread in the river. That sounds about right. Is is it bad? It's it's pretty bad. I don't want to remember him like that. Just uh, let me know where to go, and I'll I'll come collect the ashes. I completely understand. I I didn't want to see him again either. Do you think they'll put out an announcement today? I'll ask one of my connections. Okay. Don't be a stranger, Ruby. Of course not. I want to get a vigil put together. Uh, yeah, I was thinking we should have it at the bar. Is the bar somewhat close to the river? No. <laughs> I want to be there when when you spread the ashes, if if that's okay. Of course. I'll, I'll let you know. Thanks. At this point, what, t- what time are you waking up, do you think? I guess it was like nine? So, yeah, a little later than normal. So, yeah, like nine or ten. Lewis is rolling back in, new suit on and everything. He looks like, you know, he got, a, got his night's sleep, took a shower or whatever. Uh, he's got a whole, he's got a tray of coffees for everybody. Thanks. Jack, the, the guy who owns the bar that where Austin worked, he wants to hold a visual. He doesn't want to start planning it until it's, you know, announced that about Austin. Do you, do you think that will be today? Yes. Yes. It's early enough. I'll, I'll get, I'll get the word out, um, to our contacts should have it out by this afternoon. As long as we get it in by like 2 PM, it should be fine. Okay. We'll make sure it casts them in a good light. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And at this point, like everyone else is rolling in, you see deputy director Ramos, you see Sloan, you see Lydia, a couple of the guards whom you've seen before and everything. The agent from last night. Do I see an exit? This dog probably needs to go outside and do dog stuff. Uh, They gave you like a guest key card so that you could get in and out to take the dog out. Yeah. I'm going to go take care of the dog and have my morning coffee. Sloan comes up to you and says, "Have we made a have we made a decision?" Yeah, he doesn't. Um, he doesn't want to remember him that way either. I I can't think of anyone else who w- would need to see the body. So I think we're good. 
yeah, I'll get that taken care of for you. And uh, I'll, I'll you guys like, ask for the number and everything and that information. He's listed as on the will as the person who will come pick up their remains. So I'll get that sent down and, and I'll, I'll make sure they get a message out to him immediately. Mm-hmm. Sloan comes up to you, Yardak. Hey, buddy. How, and he kind of like punches you in the shoulder a little bit. How you holding up? You know, even being in the Atlantean army and seeing battles and fighting bad guys, it never makes it any easier to lose one of your own. We butted heads, but, you know, he was a good guy. Yeah, it's rough. And Sloan kind of just at that point, like, yeah, kind of just turns away and goes to head back towards the med bay. Okay. Does anybody do anything else? Mm, I don't really. There's no pressing things to be taken care of. No, I mean, you've got the opportunity to talk to Crystal Tiger. You've got the distributor at two. Oh, right. That. I figured that was more of a Laserhawk thing to do. I was say Laserhawk, I don't think is written out to, to reach out to Kit Deckard. I'm sorry, I got really into this having a dog thing. I, I should probably text Kit and let him know, hey, we got the crystal bitch anyway. But the Hydra got away? Hydra got away yet again. Slippery bastard. Anything in particular I should know about before I go in there and start questioning her? I don't know if Union isn't just releasing information, but there's nothing, no record of, of of her being picked up. And I've got nothing from RCPD that indicates Hydra made any moves last night afterwards. Appreciate you, Kraken. I, I can take the dog for, if you would like. I'm going to do an interrogation. Would anyone like to help? Yeah, fuck it. Let's see what she has to say. Yeah. All right, you all make your way down to sub level four. Uh, you see Ulrich. I say hi to Ulrich. Ulrich's actually meditating. We need to get Ulrich into some shit more, because I like him. I like Ulrich a lot, too, but he's just stuck here. Good. Last time we checked in, though, he said his like progress was getting better at controlling his anger and stuff, So, and they've been letting him out a little bit. Uh, yeah, you see Ulrich, you see Adrian, you see Emily Hahn, you see Serena, and you see in one of the cells, you know, hidden behind the bars and panes of uh, electrified energy, Crystal Tiger. However... She looks so different from how you remember her, given that she's no longer covered in crystal, and she is um, fairly bloodied. Hey. Goodness, Crystal. I forgot how human you look under all that bullshit. And she holds up her cuffs and she goes, when I get out of these, Laser Hawk, we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna have a couple, uh, couple nice chats, I think. What makes you think you'll ever get out of those? I was hoping to have a nice chat right now, actually. You got time? Oh, who am I kidding? You've got time. What do you want? The hell are you guys doing here? You were in Highwind three months ago. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so the reason that we were here is fuck you. I'm going to roll a persuasion check. Uh, I just rolled a 23 on a persuasion. Who are you trying to persuade? Uh, her. To do what? Talk? All you need to know is why we're here has nothing to do with you. So why don't you just run on back to Highwind, Laserhawk? Here's the problem with that. You killed my fiancé. So everything you do has to do with me. Three months ago, you were knocking off banks. And now you're selling heavy-duty experimental drugs. Forgive me for being a little confused, Crystal, but this isn't your M.O., What's going on? We're not selling drugs, idiot. Then what the hell are you doing hanging out with a bunch of drug pushers, silly? 
whatever it takes to get money for the cause, Laserhawk. Something you never understood. I don't like you, but you're better than that. Is she? Whatever some rinky-dink subhumans want to do to kill off each other, that's fine, as long as they pay. Subhumans? You mean humans? Like, people? No, I'm human now. Everyone tries to tries to say it's post-human. No, I'm human now. You're probably human now. They're the past. God, do you mean to tell me that Hydra's still on about his yee-yee supremacist bullshit? What Voldemort bullshit is that? I kind of turn back to her and say, you have no idea how right you are, actually. About Voldemort? Uh, their whole thing is, oh, we've got magical powers, so we're better than everyone else. Oh. Oh, God. It's dumb. It's gross. I suppose we'll see in the end, won't we? No, the only thing you're gonna see is fucking jail. Just, uh, you know, Crystal, I was so looking forward to this conversation, getting the gloat, but you just ruined everything with your racist bullshit. Fuck you. Yardak, talk to her. I don't, you're the one who knows her. I don't know what to say. You're the one who does diplomatic stuff. I punch people. This isn't diplomacy. This is an interrogation. I think you are definitely the charismatic one of the group. Oh, God. If she's racist against other humans, can you imagine how she is with Yardak? Oh, yeah, that's a fair point. All right, well, I guess I turn back and say, all right, I really don't want to talk to you anymore. Where the fuck's Hydra? Oh, I'm sure you'll see. Sooner than you'd like. Yeah, I'm saying is, fuck your cryptic bullshit. Where the fuck is Hydra? He doesn't, well, I mean, maybe she doesn't know. He doesn't seem to care about her. And she glares at you, Ruby. I like you. Thanks. You seem pretty cool. No, no. He's, we're loyal to each other. He's. Oh, that's why he dipped on you, huh, Sugar? They're usually loyal to no one but themselves. I'm just saying, Crystal, if he cared about you, he wouldn't have left so quick. In fact, I don't think he'd have left at all without you. I had a house on top of me. No, he'll be back. You'll see. He might He might be back in some way. I don't think he's coming back for you. And at this point, she turns away from him, all of you. I, I start to walk away, and I say, I'm just saying, Crystal... In a few days, when you're still sitting here, I'm probably going to come talk to you again. I hope you're a little more willing to have a conversation. Okay. Can I assume that Ruby and Yardak are walking with me? Yeah. Yeah. As you do get into level two, you know, back to where uh, the offices are and, you know, like Lewis's office and stuff, uh, you're coming out of the elevator and coming up the front stairs from across the way with a big duffel bag on his shoulder. Agent Alan Rickard. Hi. Ruby's had a rough day. She, like, runs and, like, hugs him. Chapter 27. The Long Night. Masks and Mayhem uses the game Mutants and Masterminds 3rd Edition by Green Ronin Publishing. We are not affiliated. The podcast is written, produced, and always debriefed after a mission by myself, R.C. Byler. Masks and Mayhem is a member of the New England Podcast Consortium. Other members can be found at newenglandpodcasts.com. Our official art is by Jen Evans, and our branding is by AJ Solomon. Our theme music is by Cloud Road Music. Additional music credits, social media links, blog posts, and episodes can be found on our website at masksandmayhem.com. 
how did everyone feel about tonight? Solid. So fucking bleak. Yeah, it's bleak. I liked it. Chapter 29. Laserhawk gets a dog. <laughs> now you gotta live for Bodega. And also, like, your kid or whatever. <laughs> but yeah, I like this episode. I like that it, like, I find it weird in shows and stuff when they're just like, and we're over the death of somebody very quickly. Like, I knew that we had to deal with the fallout in some way. Like, I felt like even if I did a time jump, we weren't going to just ignore what happened. I figured, like, it's going right. to hang a little bit. But, like, as I was starting to prep for the episode, I was just like, no, we can't just, like, yada yada a funeral. <laughs> and also, like, I, I realized, like, oh, I definitely want us to make sure, like, we address, like, the jack in the room. Yeah. And the dog. Uh, yeah, the dog, too, because I was going back through someone else. I was like, oh, right, Austin has a dog. And now I have a dog. Uh, I feel like uh, I didn't have much to do this episode, but, like, that makes sense. I just met Austin. <laughs> yeah, I, like I said, I just thought it was important that we dealt with the, the gravity of the situation. Oh, yeah. It, yeah, it'd be weird. Like, if a minor character, or, like, a pretty minor character had, like, died, it'd be like, oh, we're sad, but, like, Austin died, it'd be like, oh, no, we're his closest friends. You fought alongside each other for months. Yeah. We're his only friends! Basically. Actually, let me double-check something real quick. Yeah, so you... Well, you met him before this, but you found out who Austin is in, like, January 2019. So, like, this is about nine months you've been, like, fighting alongside each other. And then I'm... I've basically probably known Austin for, like, the entire time I've lived on the North End. Right, right. I would, yeah, that's probably pretty accurate. Me knowing Austin probably predates me having powers. Yeah, you probably knew Austin longer than you had powers. Anything you didn't like about tonight's episode? Besides, I guess, like I said, I didn't have enough for everybody to do, maybe? Yeah, I didn't get two dogs. <laughs> I'm sad. I don't like being sad. Well, I, I, yeah, I wanted to make sure I got all the sad out, but I, you know, it just... Yeah, so anything we didn't like about the episode? Austin's dead, fucker! Anything I could have done something about? I'm sorry that I didn't make Yardek raise him from the dead. Yeah, you could have not killed our friend, butthead! Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> you're not wrong. I did kind of get us into the situation. I'm trying to think about who all is in sub-level 4 now. It's a pretty big group at this point. Adrian, Ulrich. I feel so bad for Ulrich because everyone else sucks out there. Yeah, his company is pretty fucking shit. Emily, Adrian, Ulrich, Crystal Tiger, Serena. <laughs> Ulrich is also the only guy down there. Yeah. Uh, can I point out that Ulrich has basically for, basically forced uh, Ulrich into self-isolation with a bunch of supervillainists. Yeah. I have an intimidation of nine and I use persuasion. I'm a fucking dingus. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> I could have got her to sing me fucking Liberace. 